going to share something with you that sounds a little bit like bro science, and then I'll explain why it isn't. So you may have heard that the average human has between 10 and 20 pounds of impacted putrefying fecal matter in their intestines. That's not only a source of toxicity, but it's interfering with optimal digestion, absorption, and and assimilation of nutrients. I thought this was nonsense. However, I recently did a deep dive and an exploration after one of my clients went to a detox clinic that was using this specific cleanse that I'd never even heard of, but you probably haven't either, helping people with addiction, helping people with cancers and disease states and getting all sorts of crazy results and moving pounds of this putrefied mucus and fecal matter out of the intestines and colon and completely restoring people's health. So after he had this insane experience, he told me about it. I told him he had to hook me up. And his medical staff were a little bit hesitant, but I eventually convinced them to allow me to get a kit. And I went through this three-day detox. And the first day was kind of challenging, but you're drinking different packets and nutrients and that sort of thing. On day two, I had multiple feet of this rubber-like, almost silicone, gelatinous mucus feces, almost like it was like every piece of gum that I'd ever swallowed from childhood until now was coming out. I couldn't even believe this stuff was inside of me. And this continued for the next two days until I finished the cleanse. I felt so much lighter, so incredible. I was I was actually taking videos of my trips to the bathroom so that I could show other people because I was completely blown away. And I'm telling this story not only because it's disgusting, but also in kind of a twisted way, a little bit entertaining, but because the reason that so many of us struggle to get in incredible shape, you know, to get off that last 10, 20 pounds. Yeah, some of it's discipline. Yeah, some of it's willpower, but a lot of it is what's going on in your gut. It's these sources of toxicity from the inside. It's the microbes like candida and parasites and and dysbiosis in the gut that are producing endotoxins and inflammation from within your body that are interfering with your metabolic health, running your hormones into the gutter, especially your thyroid hormone, your sex hormones, and your insulin sensitivity. And if you're the type of person that has been fairly healthy, disciplined, doing all the things that you you quote unquote should do, and you haven't yet found that next gear, I would like to help you if this is a mutual fit. I'm going to be working with a small handful of men that are passionate and excited and determined to take their body and their health to its full potential, to get visible abs, a six pack in the next three to six months. This will involve multiple steps, but essentially we are going to eliminate every roadblock that stands between you and the body you have always wanted and get you in the best shape of your life. We're going to do detailed laboratory tests, a full blood panel beyond anything that you could possibly get at your doctor. Even if you do hormone replacement therapy or anything like that, it blows all of that out of the water. We're going to get a complete minerals and metals test, a complete candida metabolic and vitamins test, a complete omega and inflammation test, complete food sensitivity test, complete stress, mood, and 
metabolism test. We're going to do metabolic typing to create personalized nutrition program for you. And, and then we're going to combine that with biohacks and a proven process and expert guidance from me to optimize your sleep, your gut, your hormones, your nutrition, your training. We're going to use these diagnostics and tools to figure out exactly where there are breaks in your chain, fix those, optimize them, and then combine that with accountability where you and I, you have me walking you through this process every step of the way and showing you exactly what you need to do to get the fat off, to get down to the leanest, most vibrant, ripped, shredded, optimized version of yourself possible. This is only for men who are in a financial position to invest in themselves. It's only for men who are willing to radically change their nutrition, radically change their training, radically change their mindset, radically change their environment. Men who are willing to do whatever it takes to achieve these results and willing to go all in for that 90, 90 day to six month period. We're going to start with a full fight camp, like you are a world-class championship fighter going into the fight of your life. We're going to be 100% focused, dialed in in every facet, like every single decision that you make is either moving you closer to victory or further away. And every choice that you make will either result in you having your hands raised as a champion or getting knocked out. And realistically, this is not for most people. Most people do what most other people do, which is make choices that result in them being fat, sick, depressed, and leading lives of quiet desperation. This is for the 5% of people who are all in, who are excited and determined to explore their full potential during this life experience. If you are interested in having a conversation to see if this is a mutual fit, Go to biohackercoaching.com, fill out the short form, book a time on our calendar to talk with myself or someone from our team. I've never done anything like this before. This is completely comprehensive. All of your labs are included. All of your supplements and biohacks are included. You're going to get my favorite fat burner that you can use. It's I'm, I'm, I'm going to blow the surprise. It's an amazing espresso machine. I'm going to give you the only type of espresso I drink, and I'm going to show you how to use it to burn way more fat. I'm going to show you how to get maximum results in minimum time from your workouts. There's a lot of people that you probably look at them and they might be in better shape than I am at 40 years old and whatever. I think I look pretty good. I'm pretty happy with, with, with the way that I look and feel, but there are some guys that I'm sure are in better shape. I guarantee they work a lot harder than I do. I'll show you how to unlock maximum fat loss, build maximum muscle in minimum time. I'm going to give you my favorite biohack for getting shredded. We're going to literally send you an Airdyne bike, and I'm going to teach you exactly how to use it, what workouts we do. We're going to automate your nutrition. I'm going to send you a juicing machine that you can just load up, hit a button, and it juices it all for you so you don't have to stand there and it's easy to clean. We're going to get you some other stuff for home workouts how to dial in and, and self-quantify your training so that you know that you are in that Goldilocks zone. Too little doesn't work. Too much doesn't work. You got to be right in the sweet spot. And you're going to have me guiding you through it every step of the way. We're going to create a custom supplement program. You'll have full access to my calendar. We'll be on the phone every week at the beginning. And then once we kind of hit stride with things every two weeks, there's never been anything like this, especially where you have direct access to me. I'm not 
putting you off on other coaches or anything like that. This isn't, um, while this could be a program, I think Dr. Peter Atia charges something like a hundred thousand bucks for a program that isn't even close to this. And I will be taking you through at the highest level with the full diagnostics, knowing exactly what labs to order for you and then how to interpret those labs and then translate those interpretations into actionable results that will help you become the best version of yourself. Then we, we tailor that into the expert guidance phase, as I mentioned, where we're optimizing your gut, your sleep, your hormones, your nutrition, your training, everything. And then you have that expert accountability with me via text message. You're going to be taking photos of your food. You're going to be training six days a week. That doesn't sound sexy, but I'm going to put it out there so that you know what you're getting into. I know I'm talking to the, I'm talking to the psychos in the room. The people who want to push themselves, who want to be challenged, who don't want to just get by, and they want to see what they're capable of if they direct all of their faculties and focus to a proven system that is personalized for them with someone like me in their corner. So if you're interested in this, go to biohackercoaching.com, fill out the short form, book a time for us to talk, and then send me a text message to this number, 847 989 3743. Put VIP in there. If you want to have your application moved to the front of the line, I'm only going to be working with a small handful of guys. If you would like one of those men to be you, let's do it. Much love. This is your life and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brutal. If you had one shot, Everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. What's up, biohackers? Got a great episode for you today on why your sleep sucks and what to do about it with Daniel Gartenberg. Dan has dedicated his life to helping people sleep better. He has a PhD in human factors and applied cognition from George Mason University, and he is an adjunct assistant professor at Penn State University. He has conducted grant-funded research from the National Science Foundation and the National Institute of Aging to develop sound environments that can diagnose and treat sleep disorders, improve sleep quality, and optimize daytime alertness. He has also developed several mobile sleep apps, such as the Sleep Space, which provides personalized sleep feedback and sounds that are designed to modulate sleep quality. If you guys enjoy this episode, Share it up, send it to people that are struggling with insomnia or just want to sleep better and get better quality sleep in less time. As with any episode, the way that we get these out and the way that we can keep doing them for you for free is by you guys sharing them. So I really appreciate you sending them to your friends, family members, coworkers, anyone that would benefit. And without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show on why your sleep sucks and what to do about it. Daniel Gartenberg. Welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> so you're not still fighting off a uh, Thanksgiving turkey hangover? No, we actually um, ate in moderation this year, which was nice. Even though I fasted the whole day, uh, we, we took it easy. Yeah, you did. Oh, so you fasted until Thanksgiving dinner and then? Oh, we, we had like one small meal. I, I did like a 15-hour fast. 
Nice. Yeah. yeah. I didn't go too crazy either, but I did. I did hit a fantastic uh, slice of cheesecake times two. Nice. A little I food did. coma and then yeah. uh, the trip to fan effect. Yeah. Which yeah. No, not, not too bad. I still, I still had enough energy to uh, watch Ghost after. <laughs> classic. The old Patrick Swayze Demi Moore classic. Oh, and uh, watch that as I, as I was winding down. But um, we're here. We're going to talk about sleep today, specifically like you've innovated a number of different technologies in the sleep space. And um, before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of sleep health and EMFs and and sound science and sleep, cognitive behavioral therapy, quantified self-movement and all that fun stuff for our, for our biohackers, uh, maybe you could give us a little bit of your backstory and uh, how you got here. Yeah. So I grew up as the son of a father who always said, don't go into medicine because of how broken the medical system is. Oh, uh, he, was an infectious, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was an infectious disease doctor. He got out in the 90s okay. when uh, the insurance companies really started um, preventing the doctor from being able to take a holistic view of the person. Yeah. And I think it's really hard for someone when you want to, you know, you're the specialist and you want to do something that you think will save the person's life. Mm-hmm. Some um, bureaucrat says you can't do it, and then the person dies. You know that's uh, not a great experience. So yeah, they're very, in many cases, handicapped by procedures and protocols and and what they're told they have to do, even exactly. if it doesn't work well. Exactly. So that was sort of the framework that I was coming at this, and um, I think I suffered delayed sleep phase syndrome in high school, which is very common. Can you explain um, that? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it has to do with the early start times, um, and a dysregulated circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, so teenagers in particular are more likely to become night owls. It's actually thought to be an evolutionary biology thing to break away from your parents, essentially. Like you get a different circadian rhythm in your teenage years. It's not just because they're playing more video games and staring at screens. Well, it's a combination, (laughs) right? Um, But there is, I mean, teenagers want to sleep in late on the weekends and stay up later at night. That's like, statistically, it's more likely. And as you're, you know, your, 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 your circadian rhythm shifts as you, as throughout your life cycle. It does make sense. um, You just want more, more alone time and independence. Yeah. You're supposed to break away from your parents in teenage Mm -hmm. years. And from an evolutionary biology perspective, that's one hypothesis for why this happens. And, you know, another problem with our society is school time. I think I had to wake up at 6 a.m. to catch my my bus in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have to wake up that early and then I was the kid going out on weekends, you know, till 1, um, 12, mid, you know, 1 o'clock, um, it makes it very difficult. It basically dysregulates your circadian rhythm and you have a really hard time falling asleep and you're basically chronically fatigued. Um, so that was sort of the backdrop for all of this. And then you weren't running around making out with a bunch of girls getting mono. Uh, I was trying to, (laughs) but, um, maybe a little bit too nerdy to be very successful in in that endeavor. I I had a little bit of that going on too. (laughs) Um, so, uh, then in college, you know, I, um, got acquainted with the quantified self movement. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was uh, at the University of Wisconsin uh, studying psychology, and I stumbled upon sleep um, largely from this professor, famous professor at UW-Madison, Giuliano Tononi, who studied why, uh, has a theory for why we sleep. 
called the synaptic homeostasis hypothesis, which we can get into a little later. Synaptic homeostasis? Yeah. Okay, um, so like talking about the, the synapses of the nervous system? Uh, of, the, of, of, your, of your cortex, basically. Okay. And it's this idea of how we process the information in our world, in our day, mm -hmm. um, through sleep. And we have a downscaling that happens during deep sleep and then an integration that happens during REM, which mm -hmm. is why both deep sleep and REM are thought to be regenerative and important for cognition and well-being. And why um, we see like memory issues and cognitive decline when people have sleeping problems. Exactly. And, and there's these classic studies where they'll like systematically inhibit um, deep sleep. Like the, you'll be in a lab and every time you start getting into deep sleep, they'll like poke you. Um, mm -hmm. And that's like one way they can show how much not getting deep sleep prevents you from learning what you learned the last day is, mm -hmm. is part of the basis of this thing. Yeah. Um, and it, sleep is sort of the, the combination of artificial intelligence, psychology, neuroscience. It's just sort of a lot of the things that I think is going to change the future of humanity if we ever figure it out. It's almost one of the last frontiers. And um, I, I made one of the first apps in 2010. Um, and I, I got a PhD in, in cognitive psychology because I really wanted to delve deep. And I was working for the Naval Research Labs and Air Force Research Labs, actually making artificial intelligence models of fatigue to try to predict when like a pilot is gonna fall asleep at his job. Miss, which, miss the aircraft carrier? Yeah, you don't you don't want that to happen when it's a thirty million dollar plunge or into the Indian Ocean. <laughs> and so uh, I, I could tell you a whole story about. There's a whole history of studying fatigue in the military that actually started in World War II, um, and one of the professors that I worked with founded um, a lot of the research in this field. It's um, called the vigilance decrement. Uh, that's like the scientific phrase for it, and it's basically. You think that looking at this radar screen for a long period of time to detect if a German U-boat is gonna come is a mm -hmm. simple task. But when you put someone in a dark environment and make them stay up for six hours, it's really hard to sustain attention. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just intrigued by this idea of what if we can make seven hours of sleep feel more like eight hours? Mm -hmm. And that's just something that has driven me for 10 years essentially. Um, 15 years now, I'm getting old. And um, right when I was finishing grad school, this professor from Harvard approached me with a new finding. Uh, this was in like 2016, that if you played certain sounds at the right stage of sleep, you can enhance your sleep and get a deeper night of sleep. Mm -hmm. um, and I applied for a series of grants and did a series of experiments to try to actually show that. But my whole thing is how do we use sound, light, and temperature to enhance every human sleep? And I know unequivocally that it's possible. Just doing it in the right way um, is a little bit tricky, but I think we're going to really figure it out in the next 10 years. Yeah. And have you, I mean, have you explored some of the technology that's out there? Like when I wrote the, the Biohacker's Guide uh, to Upgrade Energy and Focus, in, I, I mean, I wrote it in 2015, 2016 there were products that used audio visual entrainment, like the David Delight Pro by, by Mind Alive. And there's various like the soda bio tuner uses a low level electrical current 
So it's like trans transcranial electrical stimulation. Yeah. And and both of those we've seen have a good amount of success in increasing deep and REM sleep, depending on which sort of quote unquote disorder the individual has. Like some people seem to struggle more with REM. Some people seem to struggle more with deep sleep. Are you guys, are you integrating that type of technology or what else are you looking at? Well, yeah. So I have a lot of, so this uh, finding actually came out of transcranial direct current stimulation. Yeah, that shit works. It, I mean, um, it's, it's a pain in the ass to do every night, but it does yeah, work. Yeah, but that's, that, that's, that's sort of the tension is mm-hmm. like some of this stuff works, but no one wants to like be hooked up to a headset exactly. all night while they're sleeping. Um, I don't and either. Can, and like I right, do this I for a living. I, I can't do it. I'm actually, you know, I'm like, and I think we're in this, it sounds like we're in the same boat. You know, I'm super motivated. Like it's like my career to want to mm-hmm. wear like a dream headset, for example, while I sleep, which is one mm-hmm. of the mechanisms I have right here. Mm-hmm. But I can't do it for like more than one night just because I'm a little bit sensitive to wearing things at night. Yeah, it um, sucks. You wake up, like even when you do fall asleep, you wake up and you're like, what is all over me? You know, and then you got to yeah. throw all the wires aside. And Yeah, exactly. Totally. So um, this dream headset, this is this is what you're using right now when you do use something? Um, like if I wanted to, there's like Muse and Dream. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, like EEG is the gold standard measure of sleep and we can so get that's into like how, electroencephalogram, yeah. right? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, it has electro, it has a montage, yeah, mm-hmm. um, okay. across the head. And um, in our lab, we'll actually use true polysomnography, like not consumer grade. I think the mm-hmm. dream is um, clinical grade now. I think they have it approved for um, um, polysomnography from the FDA now, mm-hmm. but I can't wear something. So sort of the, this is the tension, which is how can we enhance without being invasive? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I've tried to build my, my technology stack. And there is, and I think there is a future with this audio visual entrainment thing that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a company that, uh, I was under NDA, like I can't mention it, but there is, technology coming out, this one company in particular, um, trying to show, show, I think they have conclusive evidence that with this audiovisual entrainment during the day, um, mm-hmm. they can actually potentially reduce like Alzheimer's disease and related dementia. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of how I've justified my grant awards, which is mm-hmm. there's strong evidence that, um, Deep sleep in particular clears out beta amyloid plaques, Mm -hmm. which plays a role in getting Alzheimer's disease. So Mm -hmm. if we can either sleep more, sleep more efficiently, sleep more deeply, theoretically, you can reduce conversion to Alzheimer's disease, which is going to cost the U.S. economy. Um, It's going to be the biggest cost to the healthcare system in the next 10 years when the baby boomers age out. It's tough. If... I mean, I don't know if, have you ever had a family member with neurodegenerative disease? I, I have. Um, and so that's partly why I've become really passionate about solving this problem. Yeah, it fucking um, sucks, right? Yes. Yeah, to watch my grandpa, like, you know, not being able to remember what you just said and asking his age at least 50 times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's hard. Um, yeah. He lived to 102, but he was suffering Holy from dementia. Cow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He was suffering for about 10 years from, he, he didn't have Alzheimer's disease. He had like classic dementia, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're all kind of similar. 
Yeah, there's some similarities, and it's hard. I think it's hard to tell unequivocally until if unless they dissect the brain or something. Yeah, and then um, when they dissect the brain, like sixty to ninety percent of the time, they find the bacteria responsible for Lyme disease. So, even oh, I that didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, huh. there's Harvard studies showing sixty to seventy percent, and there's multiple different research studies out of various different brain banks. Um, in some cases, showing ninety percent of the time they find Borrelia burgdorferi. Hmm. which is Lyme, the, the bacteria responsible for Lyme disease in Alzheimer's patients. Oh, interesting. A, a possible correlative case that uh, Alzheimer's could be in some fashion Lyme disease that has crossed the blood-brain barrier. Yeah, and I mean, one thing that I've seen in the research is it's, it's definitely a confluence of factors mm-hmm. and it actually ha- begins happening much earlier than they previously thought. Um, so like before, it's happening in your brain much earlier than you're showing behavioral deficits. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I'm also interested in like developing cognitive assessments. Yes. Like we should be doing continuous cognitive assessments, not just like once a year, but like, you know, if you, th- if you're at risk, you know, if you have early onset Alzheimer's gene running in your family, mm-hmm. um, this is something that theoretically you should do like, Monthly. Do you consider that a- 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 APOE4? Like if you're E4, E4? Yeah, yeah. That would yeah, be, that's yeah. what I'm referring to. Yeah, that's me. I got I got both those. So it's like for, oh, really? our, for our audience, like uh, APOE, A-P-O-E is a genetic, a single nucleotide polymorphism. And it's considered that if you have uh, the E4 variant one time, then you have, I think it's like a seven times increased risk of Alzheimer's. And if you have it twice, it's, I don't know, 20 times, like 25 times, something like that. I don't know. I'm throwing out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish I could keep all these numbers completely accurate, but it's something like seven times and 20 times if, if you have both. And I have both. And uh, it's not necessarily a, a, a sentence or a you know predetermined outcome that is guaranteed, but it is something you want to be aware of and certainly track your cognitive performance uh, more diligently than if, if that were not the case. Yeah. And then the the idea is, you know, you can identify it earlier and then, you know, do behavioral things, i.e. get better sleep, you know, Mm -hmm. exercise uh, probably plays, there's some good evidence that exercise plays a role. You know, it's, it's mostly behavioral things. Um, You know, some, I think all the drugs have basically failed for the most part. Um, Biogen just released one that I think the stock went way up recently because they had some um, efficacy for it, but um, I'm only mainly focused. I'm not like a biochemist. I'm a psychologist, mm-hmm. so yeah, I yeah. really believe in like everyday behaviors that we can do to prevent these things from happening. It's a lot safer, especially when you look at like the the hypnotics class of drugs that a lot of people go to. Yeah. I mean, we had my brother when he was in high school. He was having difficulty sleeping, and you know, he got an Ambien script. And there was this scenario that unfolded where he took one of his Ambien and didn't go to bed. He was just watching TV. And my dad came into the den and my brother was like slurring his words. My dad's like, what do you want? And he's like, Mm. what do you mean with my hand? And my dad's like, my mom came in and my dad had my brother by the collar and was shaking him. And he's like, what fucking drugs did you take? (laughs) (laughs) And my brother had completely forgot that he even took an Ambien. And my Uh. mom had to jump in and stop my dad from like killing my brother and said, 
look, we just tried a sleeping medication and that's, he must've taken it and not gone to bed, like relax. But there's all these stories of people that take Ambien and then they're like, they'll like find themselves driving somewhere and forget it. And then you realize yeah. this, this whole category of drugs has like a 300% increased risk of all cause mortality. Like literally yeah. if you take sleeping pills in the hypnotics class, you right. have a 300% increased chance of dying. So let's talk about some of the uh, behavioral modifications that don't come exactly. with that increased all-cause mortality. No, yeah, and that's how I justify these grants with the National Institute of Aging that I'm able to get is, mm -hmm. you know, the most common treatment for insomnia are these drugs. And we're not talking yeah. like melatonin here, just to be clear mm -hmm. for the audience. Like melatonin is a much more innocuous substance. It's a drug in these, Europe, right? Yeah, the, uh, in England, they have like stricter rules about it and you probably mm -hmm. shouldn't really give it to children because um, yeah. it can mess with your hormone. I'm generally like, I waver on like not supplementation, even though I'm gonna do a big experiment on myself soon. Mm -hmm. um, just for some curiosity, I'm gonna try one of Asprey's um, recommendations for supplementation on deep sleep and I'll show Andrew Uberman as a, as a new protocol that he uses that I'm just, I, I'm a mad scientist. So I'm just kind of doing mm -hmm. it out of curiosity, but mm -hmm. I usually go at this from a um, non-drug perspective is, you know, mm -hmm. my grants are called non-pharmacological treatment for um, insomnia and stuff like this. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that um, these drug companies will never compare their drug to the gold standard treatment which is cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, because they know that it will blow them out of the water. Because mm. um, these basic behavioral interventions will blow out of the water any kind of drug that you take. Um, and Let's even talk about like, that for a minute, because yeah. like a lot of people yeah. don't even know what cognitive behavioral therapy is or what it entails. And I didn't know until you just said that, that that was the gold standard for sleep issues. Yeah, it's, it's actually sad. I think only around 5% of the population even knows what cognitive mm -hmm. behavioral therapy is. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like sleep hygiene, which is maybe what most people think of. Yeah, make your room dark, make it cold, yeah, don't yeah. stare at screens, wear an eye mask. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and those are yeah, dark, quiet, cool. That's like one of the phrases that they use. Actually, when we run our clinical trials, sleep hygiene is the placebo. So like that's not the actual active treatment. It's important. Like it's it's a useful thing, yeah. but um, what cognitive behavioral therapy is and what ties cognitive behavioral therapy together because there's cognitive behavioral therapy for depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. basically every psychological you know um, drug drug addiction. Um, what ties it together is changing your um, thoughts, feelings. Um, and behaviors around the problem, basically. And so they'll address it with a, it's this multimodal approach. Usually it'll be conducted by um, someone trained in, in cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. There's The problem is there's only about 5,000 of these people. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to broaden that out and train more people on how to do this. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's basically six weeks, you'll speak to the, therapist um, once a week for six weeks and they'll combine cognitive training. So rethinking the way that you um, are perceiving your sleep, um, stimulus control, which is trying to associate your bed with sleep. Um, and then um, 
training relaxation. So like, I don't know why they don't do this in elementary school, but every human being should be able to systematically lower their heart rate um, and relax themselves with either breathing exercise or Mm -hmm. the one they usually do is progressive muscle relaxation where you tense different muscles in your body. We did that in junior high and I was like blown away. I thought it was amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that, oh, they taught you that in junior high? That's a, that's a one, one day. It was, like, it, it, it was like one of those special rain days where we had to come up with something else. I, I think the teacher probably just went rogue. Yeah. But yeah. I was like, this is incredible. How did I not even know that I could do this? Yeah. And even like simple breath where, I mean, just doing like a five second inhale, five second exhale for one minute, um, you know, systematically lowers it. And then, um, the big, the thing that has the biggest effect is something called sleep restriction, where a lot of times if you, and this is only, I'm only speaking to the, the person who suffers from insomnia here. Mm-hmm. Like if you sleep fine throughout the night, this doesn't apply to you. Um, but for, for those individuals, a lot of times they'll be like, okay, um, I could only sleep for half of the night. I have to spend 10 hours in bed to get the actual sleep that I know that I need. That's like the rationalization they come up with, but you should actually do the exact opposite of that. What you should do is compress the time in bed such that you're only tired when you go to bed. So you'll be really tired when you go to bed. What you're doing is you're building up your sleep drive, your homeostatic sleep drive. um, And that'll consolidate your sleep and then once it's consolidated, and that's usually thought of as spending more than 85% of your time in bed asleep, then they'll start to move the bedtime back. Um, mm. And there's a whole process that they do for that. So, so sort of like retraining the circadian rhythm. No, yeah, I, that's exactly what it is, yeah. Yeah, you're like, okay, let's just figure out where you're actually at. <laughs> Stop trying to, you know, if, 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 if you're jacked up where you're going to bed at 3 a.m. every night. Let's just be honest about it rather than you going to bed at 1230 and staring at the ceiling for three hours. And, exactly. Uh, and then let's start moving you back, but not letting you sleep so much that you stay in this pattern. Exactly. And, and, and what goes along with that is they'll say to try as hard as you can not to nap. Um, and if you like need to, like only just like 20 minutes, but mm-hmm. really you should, in this protocol, you should try not to nap at all. And how much of this, like it, it gets really tricky with sleep because there's clearly the nervous system component and we're seeing that we'll get into EMFs and wireless electricity and how that can impact everything. But then there's also the adenosine component, this, this substance that builds up throughout the day as we make energy and, you know, perform biological functions that then we can also sort of manipulate with caffeine and certain right. other stimulants. Like there's this you know, biochemical aspect, there's this bioelectrical aspect. It's, it's a lot to really figure out. And I don't know if we'll ever truly map what drives sleep, but like, what's your, what's your interpretation of what drives sleep at this point, based on everything you've seen? Well, yeah. So what drives sleep? So it's actually kind of funny. And I was talking to uh, Michael Grandner about this recently, who's a, um, a pretty famous sleep professor at University of Arizona is, you know, the gold standard measure of sleep, this electrode montage across the scalp, Mm -hmm. even that isn't the actual direct measure of sleep. Um, Because 
sleep really starts, it's ancient. I mean, every mm -hmm. single animal sleeps. So this, where, you know. No, an, no animals other than us need to learn how to sleep. <laughs> right, I mean, yeah, every animal. I've never met an animal with insomnia, actually, now that no, you mentioned it. No, they're all pretty good. <laughs> Like we, but, we're yeah, clearly so, doing something wrong. So Yeah. So it's almost like the prefrontal cortex is part of the problem. But, you know, these are ancient structures in the brain. So, you know, it's in the midbrain. You know, sleep really starts with the reticular formation um, in the midbrain. Um, and that, you know, so that's the direct, that's the, where the, that's the source of sleep. Everything else is sort of um, sp spreading out from that. Um, and there's like feedback loops that go back and forth, but that's, that's really where it originates from. And when we think when, you know, the, the main model for sleep is the two process model. And you sort of alluded to it basically. Um, there's the reticular formation, um, which has to do with like adenosine and that builds up your homeostatic sleep drive. That's one mm -hmm. process. And then the second process is the circadian rhythm, um, which has to do with the eye the suprachiasmatic nucleus, you know, we evolved essentially. And I love this story. Actually, Neil deGrasse Tyson has a great explanation for this in the, the show Cosmos that he did a while ago, mm. where the, you know, the eye formed essentially from bacteria that could differentiate sunlight from darkness in the ocean. Um, and that's why every organism also has a circadian rhythm because we, we came from this um, evolutionary process of differentiating sunlight from darkness. And that controls the melatonin system and that's where light plays a role. And then I guess the, the third thing is what you alluded to a little bit, how did, which is- Do you know how Neil yeah. deGrasse Tyson came up with that? Theory? I mean, he, I mean that or, he was regard, <laughs> re, recapitulating. It wasn't his theory. He was oh, okay. sort of recapitulating it because he's a physicist, right? It's interesting. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm just like, how do you prove that? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's a theory, right? Yeah, it's like theory, an evolutionary. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but every single organism has these photoreceptors, and mm -hmm. I don't know all the science of it. But if For you sure. went back, yeah, yeah. you could, you could, you know, trace it. Um, and so, yeah. you know, light is like the first drug we ever experienced in a way. That's one way mm -hmm. I kind of like to think about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, th this this process, you know, of this circadian rhythm um, from the eye, and we have this overall circadian rhythm, but then each organ also has its own rhythm within this overarching circadian rhythm. So it's a really dynamic system. It's all playing playing together. And then the thing that you mentioned, which is sort of like, um, you know, anxiety or constantly being um, activated or stressed, you know, this is another thing that factors in. And when I think about a sleep problem like insomnia, um, you know, it's sort of group, everyone's like in the community still we're at like, oh, you have insomnia, you have sleep apnea, but actually within those diseases, those disease states, there's probably like nine different phenotypes of insomnia. So like maybe your type of insomnia is, has to do with the fact that you have a, um, a style of thinking where you worry a lot, or maybe it's more circadian related. Maybe there's something going on with adenosine because you're taking too much caffeine. You know, there's a lot of factors playing together. So there's mm -hmm. probably like, I think probably at least like 10 phenotypes of insomnia 
Um, so it's complicated. <laughs> For sure. And I wonder how many of those would go away if you put that person in the woods with no cell phone, no computer, made him sleep on the ground, made him wake up with the sun for a week. I bet like most of the most complicated, many of the most complicated sleep issues. I, for me, like if I just use my phone too much throughout the day, I'm not really gonna sleep too well. It's it's a clear correlation. The exposure for me builds up. I'm not saying that's the case for everybody, but like I could biohack my sleep all I want. If I'm on my phone all day, I ain't sleeping too well. If I go yeah, in the woods, I and I'm sleeping on the ground, even if I need to like, even if I need to wake up and put a log in the the wood burning stove every hour and a half or two hours to keep the tent warm, I'm like, my sleep should be shit because I'm waking up so frequently. I, I wake up energized, you know, morning wood, feeling great. So I'm like, there's so much going on here where I'd be curious if the people wearing electrodes that have the markers of a good night's sleep, do they feel fucking awesome in the morning? You know, are they energized um, and mentally clear where they're like, I want to grab the world by the tail and <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Or is like, or is someone going, no, no, you slept great. And they're like, really, I don't feel that good. And they're like, no, you yeah. slept great. <laughs> no, yeah. And I think there's a couple of things there. I mean, I think what you said is really perceptive. And there's a famous uh, sleep researcher, William Dement, who used to actually bring at stamp. He was like the founder of sleep medicine. He used mm -hmm. to bring his class to nature Mm. Um, I don't know how he did this, but he would have like, I think his grad students um, would go to nature and they would sleep in nature. Mm -hmm. And he was show, trying to show them exactly what you're saying right now, yeah. which is like, this is our natural way of being. Mm -hmm. um, you know, where, where you basically go to bed earlier, you wake up with the sun. And there's a whole story with how technology, and this is another thing you're alluding to, has done more harm than good. Um, you know, there's evidence that because of the industrial revolution and actually since the fifties, we've been sleeping worse and worse and worse and worse, mm -hmm. um, about an hour less on average than we did in the fifties. There's a Gallup, mm -hmm. there's a Gallup poll that shows this. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, part of it is we have these lights around us all the time and now it's not mm -hmm. just lights, it's these dopaminergic addictive screens that emit mm -hmm. blue light, which is bad for the circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. But I think even more than that, there's like this dopamine addictive interaction if you're going through social media. I think yeah. social media has really caused a lot of these problems. And I really worry for the next generation um, who are so addicted to these devices. Mm -hmm. And I think it's gonna be a really big problem in the, in, in the future as, as they get older and start having more sleep issues. So in early 2022, almost out of nowhere, I started experiencing massive changes in my body and mental health. My hair was thinning and falling out faster than ever before. I was experiencing mood fluctuations, I was putting on body fat, losing strength and muscle mass. I was even having a harder time remembering certain people's names and things that I knew I knew. My face looked older and I had more wrinkles and there was a noticeable decrease in my sex drive. And then one of the guests that I had on our podcast introduced me to a product called BioPro Plus that naturally boosts your IGF-1 and human growth hormone levels. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check out episode 265 on how to increase HGH, boost libido, and experience 68% better recovery with Dustin Baker. BioPro Plus contains a combination of 
powerful natural ingredients for boosting HGH, human growth hormone, and IGF-1, like elk antler, tribulus, and shilajit, all in their purest and most potent forms. What's interesting is elk antlers are the only mammalian appendage capable of continuous regeneration. These antlers grow an inch or more per day and have the fastest growth rate of any organ in the animal kingdom. I started taking one glass vial every morning and holding it under my tongue for 90 seconds before swallowing. And before I'd even finished my first kit, I was getting compliments on my skin and how I looked five to 10 years younger. You can even go back and look at some of my social media videos from earlier this year, and you'll see how big of a difference there is. Since then, my energy has increased. I feel more motivated. My libido and sex drive came back. I've been losing fat. I'm stronger and recovering faster from my workouts. And my hair is coming in thicker and it even stopped falling out. If my story resonates with you, I highly recommend you try BioPro Plus for yourself. When you feel it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And for a limited time, you can save $30 on your order by going to bioproteintech.com and entering discount code biohacks. That's B-I-O-P-R-O-T-E-I-N-T-E-C-H.com and discount code B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. Now back to the show. One of the rappers that I enjoy that's come out recently, like there's not a lot of rap that that I like too much, but this guy Jack Harlow, he's got some hmm. he's got some good tracks, and uh, one of them he, he's got a line. I'm going to misquote it, but it's something like, "Yeah, we're feeding these kids to the metaverse," because in a lot of ways we are. We've got them so addicted to their phones and video games and this and that. Like they're they're not going to know how to sleep. They're not going to know how to interact in the real world and 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 do a lot of the shit that we've taken for granted. You know, and then I guess we could probably go back to like our great grandparents and they'd look at us and be like, these kids don't know how to do anything. <laughs> right. I, I'm hoping maybe like the generation after this will have yeah. like a pushback against the tech. There is um, some. I'm already seeing yeah. that. I'm seeing young huh. kids that are like, I'll be like, do you have an Instagram? And they'll be like, no, I'm done with social media. And I'm yeah, like, my Good sister for just you. deleted her. I, I was impressed. My <laughs> sister just deleted, she's uh, nine years younger than me and she yeah. just deleted her Instagram. Yeah, um, there, there are some sharp ones. <laughs> I've, yeah, she's smarter than me probably. But I, I've, <laughs> my, my brother's smarter than me too. <laughs> <laughs> I've, de I've deleted it like 10 times. And then the problem is like for work and like your line of business, my line of business, like I have to be on it. And so, so that's the hard part. Um, totally. I know. But at the same time, I'm like half the time I'm on there spewing what people would consider to be conspiracy theories. It's probably not good for work anyhow. And like <laughs> Instagram just said they were going to, they were going to shut down my account. So I'm like, oh, if they do, they're like, are you going to get a backup account? I'm like, no, I'm probably just going to podcast and like build shit in the real world and not, huh. you know what I mean? I'll just take it as a, as a sign from God that I don't need an Instagram account. They were um, going to do that to you recently? Yeah, they just sent me like a, a warning. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, I've, gotten, wow. a few, I've yeah. gotten a few warnings and shadow bans over over the past three years. But um, so, can you talk a little bit about like some of the, the 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 science behind sleep and what you're seeing and what technology you've developed and why? You know, like because frankly, I can tell like there's a lot of people that I work with and I could be like, look, bro, if you if you come and camp with me in North Carolina in a week, you'll see how much of what you've been experiencing sleep wise is frequency based. But a lot of people are like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to live in the woods. So we got to figure this out in the city I'm living in, you know, right. and, and that's sort of like where you're approaching this. You're saying, all right, we need technology and tools to help people in this arena and, and sort of maybe you could give us a little bit of an idea of what you've created and how it's helping. 
Yeah. So I think you're you're speaking about like attention right now, where I we want to use tech. Is there a way? The question is basically: Is there a way to use technology that actually helps? Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I've looked into the EMF stuff. I've got I bought a EMF reader, and I think it matters. You know where you live. Even in I live in New York City in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. um, but we're on in the back of the building on like a on the fourth floor, and mm-hmm. I've ensured that you know when I when I use my EMF detector that there's no detectable frequencies in my bedroom, basically. Um, and so, do you like I, shield your bedroom? Um, I just think that my there's like good walls, and there's not. If you like are on the bottom floor of a New York City built, and I've like walked all around the city with the EMF mm-hmm. detector to mm-hmm. try to like understand what causes the signal. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you put it close to your phone, it will shoot up. You know, if you put mm-hmm. it close to a microwave, it'll really shoot up. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, I, I I'm sort of I don't think that it's a for, at least for my environment, I don't think it's impacting me to a great degree, just from you know my, my own measurements. Mm-hmm. That being said, I want to build tech with this in mind. I want to put mm-hmm. the phone away, and I want to make sure that if we are, I'm tracking and enhancing my sleep, I'm not exposing myself to other potentially harmful things. And so that's mm-hmm. why I, I invented this um, really simple device. It's just a phone charger um, and you put your phone in it and it measures micro motions through the mattress mm-hmm. and that accurately measures your sleep. And then I play sounds because I'm really interested in the science of sounds mm-hmm. and using sounds at this pulsing rate of your delta sleep brainwaves to try to entrain more of these delta brainwaves. And mm-hmm. we'll measure your sleep. I have this sophisticated algorithm It'll work with the Apple Watch, but I also integrate with every, almost every wearable. So like this is the Aura Ring, here's a BioStrap, and this is usually my montage and I'll have an Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like trying to really measure. Um, Aura Ring, for example, they turn off the, uh, the Bluetooth at night and stuff like this. So mm-hmm. there's ways around. Um, do they do it automatically now? I or you, do you just so. go in there and put it in airplane mode, right? I think you can put in airplane mode. And so that's what, yeah. that's the main thing is I just made sure everything works in airplane mode. That's smart. Yeah, that's very important. Because not everyone's that, affected yeah. by this stuff. Some people are a lot, some people aren't. And like, it's good to kind of cover everybody. Yeah, and I sort of like, I'm a big proponent of personalized medicine and you know, science doesn't speak to those sensitive people. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to create a system where that can be like, okay, you are that sensitive EMF person. Let me see the data. Like, um, let's turn it on for a week and off for a week and we can see. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to build a system that can surface the behaviors that are impacting your, your deep sleep and your REM sleep the most. And I think giving people those tools to be able to know the things that push them over the edge in a good way or a bad way that's what's going to, you know, a, a doctor isn't going to take the time. They don't have the time to go through that level of detail with you about your habits and behaviors. It's really up to you, maybe a coach, but 
Um, you know, usually it's up to the individual to figure this out for themselves. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to give people those tools to be able to do that. And, and what have you seen have the biggest positive impact on sleep? So like someone who's listening, that's been struggling with deep sleep, REM sleep, maybe they just feel like ass in the morning when their alarm goes off every day. Yeah. Like what are some of the behavioral modifications and the ways that they could possibly use your technology to improve their sleep experience and, and daytime wakefulness? Yeah, so we have like a playbook for this on our website on sleepspace.com. It's like uh, our deep sleep guide, but I'll just give you like the framework for how I think about it is first I'll rule out something like insomnia because if it's that, then there's a whole playbook for that that's totally different from what I'm about to say. Then I'll try to rule out some kind of underlying problem, whether it's like Lyme's disease, that's a big uh, hyper, yeah. hypersomnia, um, you know, sleep apnea is a big one, mm -hmm. um, restless leg syndrome. If there's something really, and I'll, you know, I'm not a medical doctor, so I'll reference them. And we have this collaboration with Ognomy where you can actually get totally diagnosed for sleep apnea within our mm -hmm. system because the uh, Apple Watch will measure pulse oximetry and we pull the data mm -hmm. from the Apple Watch and that's like an indicator for apnea, for you know, if you're not breathing correctly throughout the night. Then, then if you're not breathing properly, your blood oxygen saturation levels go down and the Apple Watch will pick up on that. Exactly. Meanwhile, yeah. a case so, could be made that the Apple Watch is driving your blood oxygen levels down because anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, but I mean, oh, yeah, I think that, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So basically if, if, if this thing, and I've seen it before, like mine's good, My, I don't have the issue. But mm -hmm. if it's like less than 90 on average for the pulse, for the blood oxygenation, That's you really bad. should, yeah, you should get, you should go to a doctor and try to that's, see if that's going to lead to health problems, whether it's yeah. I think cognitive it's on decline average, or cancer or something like you want to be 95 no, yeah. or above. There's a classic study. There's a Wisconsin longitudinal study. Um, I think they showed untreated sleep apnea decreases your life expectancy by about six years. Um, because of all the things that you just mentioned. And then like most um, of the people that have sleep apnea are also overweight or obese. That's gotta have an impact. You know, it goes pretty yeah. deep there. Cause like a lot no, of people yeah, with sleep yeah, apnea, yeah. they lose the weight and then the sleep apnea is much improved or goes away. No, yeah, so that I'm actually trying to make a new cognitive behavioral therapy for sleep apnea. That's another mm -hmm. direction I'm going with my grant research. That actually doesn't <laughs> exist right now. Um, so, so that's, and it would be a combination of weight loss, breathing exercises. Um, and this is something that I hate about medicine in the United States is that you have all these specialists that offer different solutions and they're all mm -hmm. peddling their own thing. And mm -hmm. then kind of saying that the other thing is bonk. Um, yeah, yeah, it's weird. so like actually like dentists offer like a, a solution for this with their mandibular thing. And then pulmonologists offer, and there are actually some laser treatments now. I, I haven't delved deep into the science, but they'll actually, uh, I would not recommend some, sometimes they used to like cut and stuff to open up the airway. That's Ooh, very aggressive and yeah, very aggressive. But, um, and then the pulmonologist will give you CPAP, you know, and that, and that's like right. the usual treatment, but they're not mutually exclusive. Like, I'm, I'm not against CPAP. I think C, you should use CPAP. That's like the ideal thing. But most people don't use it. Um, so if yeah, they're not using it, it, yeah. 
So, like we were talking then, about, you and I don't even want to put a biohack on our head, let alone right. a CPAP machine. <laughs> right. And I think the compliance rate, even I think they judge compliance by if you're even using it like half of the time, they'll mm. say you're compliant. So mm. my thing is just like, it shouldn't be just this one solution. There's no reason why yeah. you can't get the mandibular thing for like when you're not feeling compliant with it um, and try to lose weight. I mean, you can only do so much, I guess, and do some of these breathing exercises. Um, so that's what I'm trying to motivate is this multimodal approach. So that's sleep apnea. So I can talk about, you know, these underlying conditions. Also, if you have like restless leg syndrome and, um, or if you're just like highly anxious and have PTSD or something mm -hmm. like this from trauma, you know, that I would call that another underlying issue. So totally. these are sort of all of the underlying issues that you're going to have the biggest bang for your buck by addressing those. Um, once along those that are, multi yeah. multimodal line, have you seen anyone dive into cold exposure or have you considered that? So, so that's what I'm going to get to now. So like, yeah. so that's, so that's, so now I'm talking, I'm, that was first with like, if you have a medical issue sort of, and obviously mm -hmm. see your doctor. Um, but um, now I'm going to say like what I'm trying to do as someone who just wants to optimize myself and be the healthiest person I possibly can be. Mm -hmm. And so I have a whole playbook um, that it has to do with cold exposure, um, saunas. There's good at basically raising your body temperature throughout the day. Mm -hmm. um, either ideally by cardiovascular exercise, but you can hack it with the sauna. Mm -hmm. um, so there's basically, you want to entrain a healthy circadian rhythm. And I think partly that's what sleeping outside does. Mm -hmm. um, but um, raising your body temperature throughout the day, you have a, you're, a healthy circadian has a natural rise in body temperature as the day goes on. So you want that rise similar how like, I think coffee is good in the morning because it gives you that rise. Um, mm -hmm. you, you want to have energy in the morning, you get a little dip in the afternoon, um, and then you get another peak in alertness. And then typically, you know, you get tired as the day goes on because of your drive for sleep. So definitely the raising your body temperature throughout the day, there's good evidence that that can increase deep sleep. Mm -hmm. And then there's other weird things that increase deep sleep. And there's a classic study on rats where they'll expose the rat to a new maze. Mm. And when the rat gets exposed to new maze, it'll get more deep sleep. And that's just it's pointing like you to- it, You challenged the rat's brain during the day and then it needed more recovery to compensate for the, the cognitive Ex challenge it experienced. Exactly. No, yeah, exactly. Because deep, uh, deep sleep is how we ingrain new information, basically. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why also like learning a new language when you're getting older and, and you typically have less deep sleep, that's one of the best things you can do, for example, to counteract dementia. Because mm -hmm. when you learn something new, it's getting more of this deep sleep. It's like jumpstarting your brain in a way. Um, because that's how your brain responds to new information. So or like one learning of the to dance or learning an instrument. No, yeah, any learning of that challenging an instrument. Yeah, exactly. Learning an instrument is probably one. I would say one of the best things you can. It seems weird to say, but I think one of the best ways to get more deep sleep is to learn a new instrument, learn a new mm -hmm. language, ex whatever you know, learn how to totally. cook, whatever it is. I've started um, dance lessons, and it's like harder than any brain training I've done. 
it's fun. Yeah. But it's like, they're teaching me like seven different types of dance. I suck at all of them. I've even said, I'm like, can I just learn salsa and get good at that? And they're like, it's much better for your brain to learn them all. And I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> I think there's science backing that up because dance is really interesting because there's that cognitive aspect and the mm -hmm. physical aspect. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and there's a social aspect to that too. And, you know, totally. socializing is something that does actually really activate your circadian rhythm. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're sleeping worse from COVID, from quarantine, yeah, yeah. is we're like these introverted indoor creatures now that have a flattened circadian rhythm. And it's the, the really not healthy. The behaviors that have been, been pushed upon us as it pertains to lockdowns and that sort of thing are the same behaviors that someone exhibits if they're depressed. Yeah, it's true. It's, so totally, it's like, it's not, it, it's bi-directional. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not, it's not good for sleep. And we are, and, and, and that's what happens when you get older, your circadian rhythm flattens out. And that's why older people don't sleep as well. Um, mm -hmm. and we've basically done that to everyone in our society for two years. Um, mm -hmm. one of the best things to activate your circadian rhythm is socializing. You're like, you know, when I socialize, I'm at like, you know, even having this conversation with you, my heart rate's elevated. I'm like mm -hmm. animated. I'm at like full capacity right now, almost. Mm -hmm. um, Imagine and if that's we were good. in person. <laughs> that would be almost and our too energetic much. fields <laughs> were inter intermingling. <laughs> that be, that's crazy. I, I don't see human beings. That, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but um, I live in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the metaverse now. Yeah, so so that human interaction is actually you know one one of the big things. The other things in the playbook that I have are, it's kind of funny, but um, there's some evidence that having a, an orgasm before bed can increase mm. your deep sleep. <laughs> um, but I, I think there's something to just like, you know, being relaxed basically and in a calm state beforehand. So mm -hmm. having like a wind down ritual. I have one where everything turns red before I go to bed in my home. It just happens? Home. Uh, well, so in my app, my app uh, will integrate with LifeX bulbs. Oh, so basically cool. I press a button when I'm ready for bed uh, and that starts my 30 minute wind down. I'll do like an hour wind down if I'm like particularly wound up or something. Yeah. That'll start ocean waves and all of my lights will turn red. That's cool. And then when I'm ready to go to bed, I'll put the phone in and all the lights will go off. Um, I'll just slide the phone into my mechanism and then all the lights shut off. Interesting. Um, and honestly, like having this metacognition and what I mean by that is I have awareness of how hard it's going to be for me to fall asleep. That can sometimes be one of the best, when you have awareness of like, okay, I'm wound up today because I'm, you know, just got in a fight with my wife or, you know, something like that. And to know that about yourself and then not try to go to sleep in that state. Um, what happens to me is I get, um, when that's I have a pretty grant good sleep hack, don't, don't fight with your wife that day. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my sleep <laughs> hack is don't fight with your wife. She's always right. No. <laughs> yes. no. Um, always right. But for me, like an experience that I can speak to is I must activate a, um, a manic state in myself when I have a grant deadline and I'm working on ways to not get this way. But um, I just have so much work to do before these grant deadlines that I'm just, you know, working like 12 hours a day and I'm thinking about it all the time. Mm -hmm. My body will start needing less sleep 
And I think a lot of Americans suffer from this because they're overworked. If you do this for long enough, you start believing that that's all the sleep that you need. And you're Mm. just like this cortisol activated mess. Um, So when you're in that state, (laughs) what's your sex drive like? Because I've experienced that where I have to work a shitload, but like, I'm like, not everything's working the way that it's supposed to. I don't have the same sex drive. I don't have the same function. It's like you're in survival mode. At least for me, I was curious what it's like for you. No, same thing. I mean, I'm just... I, yeah, I, I, you're like a shell of yourself in a way. Totally, it's not, totally. It's not recommended. You don't really um, like your life. It's like you're getting you're getting the absolute necessities done, but you're, you're not like living a truly fruitful human experience. And but you know, our society demands that sometimes. Like my work mm-hmm. demands it. I, I wish I could plan better, but yeah, I sometimes um, need to make the pressure it, too. Yeah, the pressure. Yeah, so pressure the pressure. I can get output, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out a way to succeed in doing my job without mm-hmm. activating this mania. And we, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not bipolar. Uh, I don't have like a chemical imbalance of bipolar, but I think we mm-hmm. should be able to talk about this stuff totally. um, for healthy people, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd never exhibited manic symptoms until like 2020. And then I'd have periods where I'm like, fuck it. I don't like what you were describing. I'm like, I don't need sleep. I could go for days. Right. You know, like I didn't actually right, do right. it, but, um, I felt that I'd never felt that before. And I think a lot of people have, I know a lot of people have experienced things where they're like it, it, different changes in their psychological and emotional state that they hadn't had prior to, you know, the past few years. Yeah. It's definitely done harm for our mental health and sleep plays such a pivotal role in that, whether it's mm-hmm. in, you know, depression, you sleep more. Actually, one mm-hmm. of the solutions for depression sometimes is to sleep a little bit less. Mm-hmm. When you're manic, you don't, you, you feel like you don't need any sleep. Um, mm-hmm. That's just how, how the way that it, it works usually. So, mm-hmm. so, but um, one of the biggest um, things that is correlated with outcomes in psychology is this awareness of, you know, I'm aware I'm manic a little bit right now. When I get off of this work mode, I'm going to try to, you know, eat a full, you know, three square meals a day um, mm-hmm. and sleep and I'll come down from it. Yeah. And it's partly why people with schizophrenia have such bad outcomes because they don't have this meta awareness that they have a problem. When, a lot of times when you have schizophrenia, you don't mm-hmm. think you have a problem, for example. Yeah. Um, so just knowing everyone should know like where they're at in their circadian rhythm and their homeostatic sleep drive, and that'll help you get a deeper night of sleep. And then the other weird thing that I have is I'll, I'll use a dynamic sound machine that I invented where mm-hmm. I'll measure your sleep every 30 seconds and then gradually ramp up pink noise sound machine to more effectively block out noise pollution. And the reason why I did this is because I saw in our lab that even like an air condition, and you know, if you're living in nature, you don't have this problem as much, but like even an air condition turning on will wake you up in the middle of the night without you having any conscious awareness of it. And that'll Mm. negatively impact your sleep quality. Um, And what disturbs you during the night isn't the loudness of the sound, it's the abruptness of the sound because basically we don't want predators to like sneak up on us in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you smooth out the sounds 
with a sound machine and I have like multiple sound machines going in my home, in my bedroom at night, mm-hmm. blackout blinds, you know, essential. Um, that's a big one or, or an eye mask if you can't do that. Um, and then I have another weird one with um, manipulating consciousness that I can get into as well, but. We're, we're um, gonna need to do that. Um, (laughs) I also wanted to mention, this was brought to my attention recently, a book that I was reading that was talking about people with schizophrenia. Um, I mentioned it in a previous podcast. It's called An Amazing Journey Inside the Psychotic Mind. And there's, uh, I believe it's a psychiatrist and a psychologist that um, investigated people across various arenas, some of which included insane asylums. And they make a pretty compelling case that a lot of schizophrenic patients could perhaps be influenced by entities that are outside of our uh, senses. And they referenced a study that was done in Brazil that showed over an 80% success rate um, in helping people with schizophrenia, bipolar, depression, when they performed an exorcism. And so like these Hmm. people that, that were exhibiting schizophrenic behavior and, and extreme cases of, of bipolar and depression, they would perform these exorcisms in Brazil and had an over 80% success rate, which blows away anything that currently exists to my knowledge for schizophrenia. Very, very interesting. Um, so as a scientist, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical, but I do believe course. in the power of like ritual and stuff like this to be, yeah. help people overcome you know some of their psychological problems. Yeah, um, it, it was... Um, Anyway, the, you you guys can look it up and find it. I've got it in front of me, but I just wanted no, to mention that because I was like, I was I was blown away by it, and and it opened up my mind to a whole other possibility. Because most people say, oh, schizophrenic, there's nothing you can do, or you got to drug them up, and and now they're a zombie. But like these people are like, well, if we treat it as this person is possibly inhabited by an, by an entity, and we perform uh, a, an exorcism, they were having a very high success rate. So, but let's talk about the manipulation of consciousness that you mentioned there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just to speak to that, I mean, I think that the way that I read that is the power that, you know, we sort of lost a lot of the rituals in our society and there's mm-hmm. like coming of age rituals and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are rituals that, you know, I'm sure tribal communities did for individuals like this for millennia in the past. Mm-hmm. And we can respond to those in a positive way. I don't doubt it. So that's my mm-hmm. rationale for why yeah, that might work. Totally. Um, but so what I'm really fascinated in is, all right, we're stuck on these devices. You know, they're infiltrating our minds. I want to take control of my consciousness again. Mm. Um, I want to be able to dream about, you know, the next book I'm going to write, the next technology mm-hmm. I'm going to invent, not mm-hmm. what um, Elon Musk said on Twitter, you know. Um, and I think people are like having dreams about Elon Musk now because he's so um, pervasive on Twitter. Um, <laughs> so my idea and my invention, and you can try this in the Sleep Space app, it's pretty crazy, but um, it's basically, and I'm trying to validate this empirically. Um, so imagine you're someone who suffers from nightmares. This is the main application for it. Um, one of the main treatments for someone who suffers from nightmares, you know, so if you have PTSD, you'll have the same nightmare like almost every night. You're mm-hmm. literally tortured by this. Yeah. And there's proven cognitive behavioral therapy for PTSD. And one of the things is um, um, dream completion therapy, mm-hmm. where you will have this recurring nightmare 
But instead of um, just succumbing to it, in waking life, how about we think of a creative solution for this nightmare that resonates with you? Mm. Um, and then meditate on that creative solution. So next time you have the nightmare, maybe you can shift it into a different direction. So like you're getting chased by the, the mummy and then instead of like running endlessly, you turn around and, and Jackie Chan is ass. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> right. Um, and so this, is, this idea is in the back of my head and then I'm reading some scientific papers about something called targeted memory reactivation. And um, it's this idea that you're, these, some people, uh, they did this study where you would do some kind of cognitive assessment, some, some games, some tasks while you're smelling roses. Mm. And then they would replay the smell of roses while you're in REM sleep. And that would prime the task since we encode information when we're dreaming that would basically prime that set of neurons that you were um, performing when you were doing the task. And then they did better on the task that they were working on the next day Holy through shit. associating these stimuli. That's pretty, that's pretty gnarly. So I understand the science of how to play sounds so that your brain responds to the sounds, but it doesn't wait. So they did it with smell at first because this usually smell doesn't wake someone up, especially if it's like roses, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so the hard part about this is if you poke someone while they're sleeping, if you poke them too hard, it'll wake them up. But mm -hmm. you wanna poke them just the right amount so that their brain responds to the stimuli, um, but they're not being pushed to wake up because that would be bad. Um, so my thing is you're doing the dream completion Maybe when you have your, you know, focus and your your eureka moment around it, we play some kind of salient, some kind of ocean wave sound or a thunderstorm, something like this. Then my real time sleep detection algorithm on the Apple Watch we have a really accurate um, detects when you're in REM sleep. We replay the sound and then we literally inception your consciousness. You program your own consciousness. That's pretty th cool. That's what I want. I, that's what I believe is going to be the future. If we're all going to be sleeping, you could even be, be like, you, you could you could target the people that are determining your grant funding, and you could be like, you're <laughs> going to fund Daniel Gartenberg's <laughs> right, next right, project. Exactly. You're going to be no, very exactly. generous. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to try to do this for my next batch of grants. Is like yeah, maybe cool. if I like just meditate, try, just try it, guys. Once you try it, you'll be in. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> So I'm basically going to cool. try to brainwash my uh, grant funders and I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> that is fascinating, though, especially like when you think about the, you know, four, 432 hertz and like these different frequencies that that there's a lot of evidence could be beneficial to us biologically and and listening to music like Mozart, where it's like if you're engaging in a task that involves assimilating information, you choose some of the right. sounds or frequencies that you've provided and right. then allow the device to reintegrate those when you go into um, rapid eye movement stages of sleep. Exactly, and I love that you brought up that we, so we use 432 hertz and um, 520, I think 528 hertz um, nice. for our wake up experiences. So mm -hmm. we have like a smart alarm that wakes you up. But I think you're right, I should probably use that. 
I get a little worried about wake. I'm always worried about waking someone up and the Fort 32 can be a little bit activating. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would have to really be careful on playing it right below the threshold of waking you up. That, that's the hard mm. part about doing this science. Right. But yeah, I wanna try to do the 432 hertz while you're focusing on that and then replaying. I think that would be, uh, I think it's a good idea. And just while we're wrapping here, cause this is super fascinating to me, like even having a bank of affirmations that people can integrate at a subperceptible level so yes. when some of these audios are playing, you're like, oh, just pick the affirmations. You got them categorized by the different goals that people have, health, wealth, relationships, service, so on and so forth. And they could pick these plug and play affirmations mm. and, and then, you know, it'll play them like down below where they can't consciously hear it, but it's actually feeding their subconscious mind when they're in these receptive states of sleep. You know what? I think I'm going to program that later today. That's a really Good, good idea. It wouldn't be that hard, actually. No. And actually, another thing is um, just making your own notes. I want to make it so you can record anything. So it's yeah. not like me, get, you know, because it's very specific to you um, mm -hmm. what might resonate. It's even better with you. if all the research shows it's even more effective if it's your own voice. Your own voice. So yeah. if you were able to have it where people, you could, you know, you could have like a stock one, male or female, right. or you could be like, record your own. And then someone can record their own and then play that. That's pretty gnarly. That's, that's you know, for I the, should the really whole law of attraction out. crowd will nerd out on that. You guys could branch into a whole new audience. <laughs> If the, I, I ran out of uh, dry powder a little bit, but um, I, I really want to uh, implement that. It would be it's, it would be really cool. We're just starting to scratch the surface. Like you, you talking about this gets me excited about what's possible in the next few decades with with really maximizing the potential of our subconscious mind. Yeah, and that's what I think we need because we're bombarded by so much stimuli. Like we need mm -hmm. to take control of our minds again. Mm -hmm. uh, like. With the TV and the media, social media, I feel like I don't control my mind like I used to, really. Um, Bro, I mean, you're talking to the guy that's like, I'll be in the woods, you know? At some <laughs> point, I'm going to get to where, like, I might throw my phone away. Um, but it, it really is fascinating. I think a lot of people are feeling that. Like, I, I interviewed a guy um, a few weeks ago that, like, him and his wife spend a number of nights a week sleeping in a sensory deprivation tank. Hmm. Like one of those, you know, one of those, like, Epsom salt things where you float. Yeah, like, they sleep in it the whole night. Hmm. Right. And he's like, he's like, I would sleep in that 365 days a year if I could. He goes, I sleep huh. that much better in it. You know, and we're talking wow, about yeah. restless leg syndrome, which a lot of evidence suggests could be magnesium deficiency and like low electrolyte status because of all the stimulation that we're exposed to. And, you know, you start seeing like some of these things where the only answer is going to be a multimodal approach. And for some people, hmm. you know, if, if they've tried a lot of the biohacks and maybe those haven't served them to the degree that they had hoped, go to the middle of fucking nowhere and sleep in the woods for a week and see how you do. You know, it's, there's, totally there's always options. <laughs> there's always no, options. Yeah. Unplug. Unplug. Yeah, it helps. Well, awesome, brother. I mean, I love what you're doing. And I think that there's, there's so much exciting stuff in the future, like I mentioned. For, for people that want to check out more of what you're doing, what's the best way for them to do that? And, and where can they go to uh, stay up to date with your work? Yeah, so sleep, thank you for that. It's uh, sleepspace.com and uh, you can get a 30-day free trial of the software. I'm trying to give it away for free and only charge if you find it helpful. Um, if you do sleepspace.com slash union, that will unlock the 30-day free trial. Cool, awesome.
Well, Daniel, thank you for the work that you're doing and for sharing your wisdom and, and energy. It's been a fun conversation. Yeah, I had a great time. Thanks, Anthony. I appreciate it. So in early 2022, almost out of nowhere, I started experiencing massive changes in my body and mental health. My hair was thinning and falling out faster than ever before. I was experiencing mood fluctuations, I was putting on body fat, losing strength and muscle mass. I was even having a harder time remembering certain people's names and things that I knew I knew. My face looked older and I had more wrinkles and there was a noticeable decrease in my sex drive. And then one of the guests that I had on our podcast introduced me to a product called BioPro Plus that naturally boosts your IGF-1 and human growth hormone levels. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check out episode 265 on how to increase HGH, boost libido, and experience 68% better recovery with Dustin Baker. BioPro Plus contains a combination of powerful natural ingredients for boosting HGH, human growth hormone, and IGF-1, like elk antler, tribulus, and shilajit, all in their purest and most potent forms. What's interesting is elk antlers are the only mammalian appendage capable of continuous regeneration. These antlers grow an inch or more per day and have the fastest growth rate of any organ in the animal kingdom. I started taking one glass vial every morning and holding it under my tongue for 90 seconds before swallowing. And before I'd even finished my first kit, I was getting compliments on my skin and how I looked five to 10 years younger. You can even go back and look at some of my social media videos from earlier this year, and you'll see how big of a difference there is. Since then, my energy has increased. I feel more motivated. My libido and sex drive came back. I've been losing fat. I'm stronger and recovering faster from my workouts. And my hair is coming in thicker and it even stopped falling out. If my story resonates with you, I highly recommend you you try BioPro Plus for yourself. When you feel it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And for a limited time, you can save $30 on your order by going to bioproteintech.com and entering discount code biohacks. That's B-I-O-P-R-O-T-E-I-N-T-E-C-H.com and discount code B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. 